You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right. We're, we are the Fantasy Joes. I am at Rota Librarian, Ryan Livergood. Join me this evening, as always, from the Pillow Palace in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's Will the Thrill Greenwood! Ooh, spiciest hot take of the week for the beginning of the show. Actually, it doesn't have to do with football at all. It is what is becoming uh, my new favorite beer, Brian. Listen to this. So New Belgium does this special release. And it for everybody out there, you know, buckle up because it's a pumpkin beer. And I know that's controversial. I get it. It's fine. <laughs> but so last year I was going through the shelves and trying like, I was trying to find like, you know, is any pumpkin beer good? So I grabbed like a bunch of different ones that you could buy individual ones. And one was this, it's called uh, Atomic Pumpkin by New Belgium. And so it has a, like a hint of habanero in there. Like they use peppers to brew it. And I was like, hmm, a spicy beer. This doesn't sound like up my alley because I don't like spicy foods. Oh, like I just have a spice wimp. Like I like the way it tastes, but it's a, it's a wreck. It wrecks me. But uh, it is the weirdest combination of taste and it hits my taste buds in such a way, Brian, that I am obsessed. It's like a dessert to me, but one that you could drink or eat all night long it's almost like dangerous how much i want to drink of this that sounds great is it uh what's i'll call it by volume is it is it like uh, is it light or is it does it it's, hit hard it's 6.4 i think it's so it's kind of in, in between yeah it's yeah so it's just slightly heavier than like a budweiser nice um i i, I like some pumpkin beers I, I think if the pumpkin beer is is not overly sweet like i hate when you go to places like like the what is a shipyard pumpkin beer that they have where they, they put like the, the sugar rim on there. I just think that's, no, that's, that's gross. I can't do that. But if it's a pumpkin beer that's nice and balanced, this sounds good. I, I got to try this. I got to try this. So, um, well, that was an episode of the, uh, you know, the, the fantasy beer drinkers. Um, uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, Fun they're, fact. They're, yeah. Yeah. So what's well, a, uh, shout out to the Beerfield Fantasy guys that they do a show where they drink beer and talk about it and they talk fantasy. It's not what we do, but but we do talk about beer sometimes, sometimes bourbon, sometimes other things, and we talk a lot about <laughs> fantasy football. So right, we'll, we got <laughs> to move on. We got to move on. Let's transition. Smooth into transition. It, <laughs> All right. Um, so we're gonna kick out the show with our moments and letdowns, and we'll start with a positive. Will we're gonna start with our Greg the Leg onside kick moments of the week. I and so. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Well, because you had that on your, your highlights was that in the Greg the Leg moments of the week, but I interrupted you because I didn't read the title of it. So one, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, two, it, was, it was just my segue. That, that, that was just a, a fun way like to, you know, I, I don't know if I take, why I take pleasure in watching the Atlanta Falcons lose, but I guess I do. And it was just, uh, it was just a, a, an amazing ending. Like I've never seen an onside kick like that. The, the, the players seemed kind of puzzled what they should do. It was just, it was just an amazing ending. I just, so I honestly I might be the only person like in fantasy that hasn't watched this play yet. I haven't watched it. Oh my game. gosh. And when it was happening live, I was actually vacuuming while listening to red zone on my headphones. So like one of the worst like collaboration of events. So maybe like I just associate since I don't like to vacuum, I associate listening to that at the same time. It's like, I don't even want to see that. I don't know, but it, it's insane. It sounds like a bunch of people should get fired. It's, this is the real, like, this is one of those things, Ryan, where if your special teams doesn't know the absolute rules to an onside kick, somebody gets fired. That's an easy boom. Right, right. Well, the kick, if you watch the video, and I'm sure all of our listeners have seen it, 
it it does look like maybe it doesn't going to go 10 yards. So I think maybe initially the Falcons players are like, okay, this is not going to go 10 yards. So we don't have to do anything. And then suddenly it's, it, it, you know, it's, it stays in bounds okay. and it, it goes 10 yards. So I, I think it was just like, kind of like a trick. You've never seen it before. So you're confused. Right. What if they grabbed that football right afterwards and just like put it in a safe? Cause they're like, there is no way this actually happened. We find out like three months later that, that Jerry Jones had a weighted football out there and like they've been practicing this weighted football kick for months. I don't know. That'd be, that'd be kind of fun. <laughs> a conspiracy, you know, uh, kick because gate. nobody's that stupid to not pick up the ball, Ryan. That's no. Yeah. It, it was a, a weird, other weird things. Another thing that's one of my Greg, the leg onside kick moments of the week. Um, Justin Herbert, that surprise debut. I mean, I think it was exciting because, you know, he showed where he might be a good NFL quarterback. Not that he was perfect in that game, but the Tyrod Taylor, you know, puncturing his lung, you know, to, to give him shots because of his, his, you know, ribs. I, I, this is a, that's so weird. Like weird things happen. 2020 has been a weird year in general. And uh, th- that was another yeah, odd it's, thing. It's like happened. some Nancy Kerrigan, uh, Tanya Harding, you know, conspiracy theory i'm on conspiracy theory train tonight yeah, you are but uh that <laughs> if you just, hear more conspiracy theories yeah. check us out on patreon patreon we shouldn't have talked about one on there because it's a bad idea <laughs> but uh no but the herbert debut ryan you know you hear like right away and again on red zone he, he's like this just in justin herbert will actually be starting the game for the charges and i was like oh this this game i guess now is more interesting because i wasn't like i don't think this game was gonna be like super high-flying because the Chargers offense, because Tyra Taylor is leads boring offenses. That's just the way that Tyra Taylor runs off. He might be an efficient and good pro quarterback, but he's not right. Like he's not exciting to watch. So Herbert comes out and it just looks like the difference between him and Tyrod Taylor, the velocity and like what he's, you know, the chances that he's taken. I, I just, I was, it was so fun, you know, because again, Herbert was that lowest, you know, fantasy dynasty drafted quarterback, no expectations. And he came in there and just like, I don't know. He like, I feel like he played better than Deshaun Watson against the Kansas city defense. And yeah, he did. It's yeah. It's, it was just super interesting. So it made me happy about like the amount of uh, like Keenan Allen shares I have, because it looks like, you know, he likes to see a receiver open for it, throws it versus Tyra Taylor, just throws it to the tallest guy in the field. Um, (laughs) But anyway, that, yeah, you're right. I think that's a great moment of the week is just seeing a a debut. I mean, they didn't win, but at least it was, it was fun. You know, yeah, it was a he, really fun debut. Remember, he had no prep time. He he did like he didn't know he was gonna start. That's what's amazing about it. I mean, that's that I mean, I don't know, maybe that helped him mentally because how can you get nervous? Because it's not like you you were, you know, staying up the night before, like with the anxiety, you're gonna start your first NFL game. It's like, guess what? You're starting and you don't have time to think about it. Maybe that helped, but pretty amazing, pretty amazing. They just actually gave him a second painkiller shot, but it was just to relax him. <laughs> also, the person who gave Tyra Taylor that shot should be fired. Yeah. We need to find, like people mm, responsibility so in life it's so weird and my my last thing so i got three um and then then i want to hear yours the this is darren waller on monday night football i mean just, just he was a beast man it was fun it was fun to watch that and um it, it, especially his story i think everyone knows you know he was had the substance abuse issues and just that you know um just showing up on on such a big game opening your empty dark stadium on Monday Night Football yeah Uh, it was just it was cool it was cool to see him fall out like that and uh it it was it was kind of cool to see the Raiders you know be the underdog and and win honestly so um so that I I thought that was a very nice moment nice way to end uh week two yeah I think the NFL is more fun too when the Raiders are good just in general so 
uh, the, the, that's your last one. So I'm going to go into mine. And my first yeah. one, Ryan, is Robbie Anderson. Uh, so it's two weeks in a row now that he is meshing really well in that Carolina offense. Um, I think that he could still be potentially a buy low in dynasty. Like people think he's kind of exploded for a couple weeks. His value yep. still isn't catching up with that. And I think we're seeing clear signs that he's not just the, the nine route receiver there. He's being integrated fully into the offense and it's showing that him and him and DJ Moore can be a one, two punch where some games he's the one. And I, I don't know. It, I, I, I've, I've been pondering Ryan of, of what kind of offers I can put out there for Robbie Anderson to get his production for the rest of this year. And then moving forward, if they, cause he's just signed a one-year deal, right? Prove it deal. So. I'm not sure what his contract is, but, but I think that's a good call because I, I do think that, you know, Robbie Anderson, his um, perception in the dynasty community in particular, you know, he's not a, doesn't have the draft pedigree, um, not, not necessarily your traditional like alpha wide receiver. Right. But it's in a good situation, Carolina, a team that, you know, that's going to, um, you know, get up and down the field and then offense. And, and I think the fact he's a nice compliment to DJ Moore. I, I like that call and it, and yeah, he's, he's putting up big numbers and, uh, it's it's not Curtis Samuel that's the wide receiver too there. It's 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 you know Robbie Anderson and maybe he's more like a one one B to the one A at DJ Moore. So yeah, that that is that is fun to see. Um, and always excited for those those undrafted free agents to to boom. You know, it, yeah. So uh the next one is just Alvin Kamara saved my fantasy day. I know this is very personal, but in my redraft leagues I have a good amount of Alvin Kamara. And one league, I wasn't able to swap out James White. I have some questions to the commissioner of that league about why I was not able to drop him for, like, somebody on the Raiders that isn't owned on Monday before they played. But unimportant, uh, he saved my fantasy day, so I feel like there was some good karma going that way. That that Saints offense, I'm a little bit worried. And the reason, again, Ryan, I put this in a high moment, because, one, it was fun for me, uh, but two is – how do you how do you feel about Kamara rest of the season? So now he has two games, what with two touchdowns in each of them. Uh, his value is potentially spiking, including in dynasty for like win now teams. Are, is this a good sell window in your opinion? Yeah, I think so. Especially if you're you're not a serious contender, because uh, and I think you could see that on Monday night, even though the their their offense didn't look good. I mean, he he's just he he's just a very talented player and. Um, you know, the fact that he has that extension now, I, I know we don't know the, the future of what, what's going to happen. Obviously, Drew Brees, um, uh, you know, one of my letdowns, so maybe this is a nice segue. Um, you know, uh, you know, he, you know, 40 plus quarterback, probably not long for the NFL if he does try to come back after this year. Uh, but I still have faith in that that New Orleans, you know, offense. And I, I think he's going to have to be a centerpiece of that offense because they'll, they'll probably get a new quarterback in there or who knows, maybe try to get Taysom Hill or or uh you know Jameis or somebody but but yeah no I, I think it's uh um yeah you could get a lot for him right now especially with all the injuries right because he's you know like who are the other than maybe some of the rookies who are who you know this year for 2020 who are the guys you want at running back I, I think it's it's him and I think it's probably Zeke you know I think those guys are both extremely valuable in, yeah in th- yeah yeah I agree um it just has kind of sparked that I don't have like a great like if it's one, if you have Kamara on your team going into the season, you're rebuilding, chances are you don't have him, you know, in that scenario. If you were competing, let's say you had Saquon and Kamara, but the rest of your team, you know, it was like a Cortland Sutton, like you just had a rash of injuries. It might be the time to look to really push to sell him hard now. Like, uh, you know, moving for a player who's a rookie, I mean, like including like Jadri Swift in a deal or, 
you know, if the person still isn't that excited about Jonathan Taylor yet, you know, moving for someone who's a, a, you know, a bit younger in a great situation, I think the Taylor buy window is gone, but just, you know, uh, start starting to shop around, put out feelers. And because uh, I, I just don't think the touchdown pace is going to keep up and you want to sell after big weeks, especially two big weeks in a row. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, uh, yeah, this is a good time to sell them, uh, especially with all the injuries we've seen. Uh, other other letdowns for me, you, you, we talked about it. It's obvious the huge injuries. I, I, we don't have to go on and on about that because I think that's a really obvious thing. In fact, uh, um, it, it, maybe this this should have been the, the um, injury letdowns of the week, major injuries, but we put on the show sheet the Will Fuller letdown of the week, which I think you're going to talk about. <laughs> um, you yeah, have to talk about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, another guy, so th- that Cincinnati, going back to the Thursday night game, uh, that Cincinnati-Cleveland game, Man, that Cincinnati offensive line is just horrible and, and and just bad for any fantasy you know upside of of those skill players in Cincinnati, especially Joe Mixon, um, AJ Green also. Uh, you know, I know he hasn't played for a while, but well, that was just it was just a bad performance. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I was really excited about that in Cincinnati offense, and it looks like Joe Burrow is going to put up some weeks, you know, in garbage big weeks in garbage time. But I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm just disappointed. I don't think we're going to see what, what we maybe we wanted to see from that offense. Cause that, yeah, it, it just takes the, after their scripted plays, they don't have a plan for Joe Burrow to have like quick hitting pat. Like I just feel, I feel like there's, they're still missing something and it's, he's not going to be able to process things fast enough for them to be good this year. And for him to really, you know, break a bunch of records, we actually still break some records, but uh with that, with that Cincinnati team, Ryan, I'm struggling with how to feel about Tyler Boyd so far through two weeks. So he got that messy garbage time touchdown last week, but the week before he was, he didn't have a catch in the first half or he didn't have a catch in the first half of this week. He has, doesn't seem like he's a very key part of the offense. Uh, he actually dropped a touchdown this last Thursday night game. Uh, and he's, you know, he has in dynasty is a valuable asset, but also in redraft, uh, I've just decided whether or not I want to try to acquire or move on. And it's, it's one of those like in the middle, I, I don't have a strong take. Uh, Cause I think that it, he could be being phased out as long as AJ Green's healthy, because this is a different offense than the last time Tyler Boyd boomed with AJ Green on the field. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think for me, it's too early to tell. He's probably a hold for me. I mean, certainly not a guy I want to go out and acquire in a deal but I, I don't think I'm worried about his future there necessarily. So I, I think he's kind of a, kind of a hold. I mean, uh, so, so Ryan, I mean, Robbie Anderson for Tyler Boyd. Oh, I still want Tyler Boyd. Yeah. I was just checking. Heat check. Heat check. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, somebody might bite on that, you know, um, but uh, I think even I'm trying to find Robbie Anderson here on my, on my list. Right I know. Now. I might want Robbie Anderson <laughs> as far as, you know, go with the takes. I also spelled Robbie wrong in the show sheet, Ryan. So if you're looking it up, it's, it's IE, not Y. Yeah. Uh, Robbie, Robbie Anderson is, wow, wide receiver five in PPR leagues after two weeks. I know it's early, but man, that's, I didn't realize he was that far up there. Yeah. I'm telling you, I said he was meshing well. I think I undersold it. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to see this list. And you got, you got two Buffalo Bills wide receivers, you know, digs oh, after that man. huge week too. Number four, John Brown. John Brown, number nine. You remember when I piped up about John Brown in the offseason being yeah, like this yeah. like great, boring value? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if they, if they can keep that up. I, I, I think that, yeah, Josh Allen is your fantasy 
QB number one right now. Mm, um, not looking good, Ryan. But they played the Jets and the Dolphins. Like I, I know, I that's, know. That's what I mean. It's, it's real early. Let's let's not let's not go there. Let's not go there. I, hey, I missed one of your moments of the week. I didn't mean to pass over. I'm just very excited for James Robinson overall on this Jaguars team, and then we're finally going to see him play against Miami on Thursday. I hope he runs for like 150 yards and like two touchdowns and really hits the map. He was this like. At least I feel like like enigma going in where not much value. Name the starter. Everybody was like, no, it's, a, it's not the real starter. They can't be. You know, like the, these depth charts are fake. Uh, it won't matter. It was like when they had uh, J.D. McKissick as the starter for the Washington football team. But uh, he's been at least okay to good now that he had the touchdown last week. And I'm just excited. I just want the best for I, – I don't know. I just get really hyped up about guys like James Robinson. I hope that he tr- like transitions this into a great season, Philip Lindsay style. Yeah, I love that call, and I, I wish I, I had – I mean, I've got him in a couple of leagues where I picked him up off waivers, but I wish I had more of them. You know, Illinois State product, it's just it's just a great story, and um, I, I'm with you. It'll be fun right. to see. So I have a league, and it's that one where Saquon went down, uh, it's the two tight end one, where I did not know I had James Robinson until I looked at that roster again. It's like, oh, I got James Robinson. This is awesome. <laughs> I I had that that moment this week too. I, I've got it's a pretty deep league, you know, IDP. So offensive players aren't quite as important, but um, in, in that league, I, I'm, I'm done CMC for a while, and and I, I don't have a lot after him running backs. But I look, I'm like, oh, I've got Miles Gaskin. He's my run, running back one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, I remember Gaskin. Mike Coming Davis. Oh, so we're yeah. so I'm good. Mike Davis, yeah. Miles Gaskin. We're we're gonna rock it. I actually spent quite a bit of fab on Mike Davis just because I think that that role. Although it's not going to be Christian McCaffrey, it's still fantasy. Uh, it's still a boon for fantasy points. So, yeah, that. yeah, I think I think so too. I, I mean, I, I you know, I'll, hopefully, I'll, I'll survive. Um, uh, that that's a league where um, with, with we're going off the rails here for a second. Where and this is fine with me because there was a league vote, but the commission said after week one results were pretty much decided said. Oh, I forgot to ask, um, or there was a question about us changing the schedule because we had the same schedule the first couple of years. Do you want me to randomize the schedule? And, the, the, and, and I voted no, but I'm like, well, I really don't care that much. So what happened? I was the second highest scorer week one. They changed the schedule. I'm all of a sudden playing the highest scorer. So, <laughs> and now I lose the second week, so I'm 0-2. I, was, I went for one, and I went 0-2. Oh, man. You got to love fantasy. That, maybe that's a letdown. I can add that to my list, right? Maybe that's a personal story, a letdown of the week. Okay. Um, <laughs> other, other letdowns, <laughs> Will? Yeah, I mean, the in that Minnesota made dynasty league that's super fun with like the it's the dynasty trade calculator boys. I had a really great first week, uh, one of the top scorers, and then the second week it goes by victory points, so you can get two. Uh, I got you get up to four, so you get like two and two, or one and something. Anyway, I got zero victory points this week. It was a bad week because uh, I start because you know I switched out. I started Paris Campbell uh, over actually Robbie Anderson because I was like again in that mindset that like you typically start player like more points are scored on your bench than in your starting lineup and actually this totally holds true to that theory but i was like this is the opposite like robertson had a boom game no down game with the safe option with paris campbell and he gets carted off the field <laughs> horrible well so, I, also, I also didn't start james connor because i was like i don't know how healthy it is like i'll keep him on the bench and all of this is just this confluence of events that that really led to me getting no victory points right no victory points uh other letdowns uh, obviously, Will Fuller, 
It's just super – very, very odd. The, the Texans really could have used him. Not that Deshaun Watson had a ton of time, but at least he would have had a DGAF target. Uh, right, right. Because I don't think that they came out and just got, like, steamrolled right away. It took a while for the Ravens no. to run away yeah. in that yeah, one. They were in the, I kept my hopes up, Ryan. I kept my hopes up, but, it, you know, because I'm always – I'm always as a fan and as a, with, a, with a you know call like that, I'm always keeping my hopes up until the last possible second. And, unfortunately, that happened in, like, the third quarter of that game because uh, it, didn't, it didn't take forever them to run away with it uh, the other part is uh one very bad dfs lineup in the the main dfs contest that i'm in for a dynasty league i scored like half the amount of points of the winner it's just kind of funny so it's a shared story and then the vikings are going to be absolutely terrible uh, that's not really a big letdown because now i don't have to be i don't have to like sit on the edge of my seat as a you know basically a vikings fan for the rest of the season i think they should go 0 and 16 Draft Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, whoever they feel better about, and call it a day. Let's go. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, the, with the Bears, I, I you know, I, I, I don't, I, you can't really add them to letdowns because they're two and zero. But man, have you, have you seen a more shaky two and zero team in your life than the Chicago Bears? Right. <laughs> I mean, that I was Giants. That two and zero is worth everybody else's two and zero. Yeah, I guess. But you know, they, they, some miracle because Detroit collapsed and then they beat the Giants barely. The Giants had a chance to, to, to come back in that game um, without Saquon Barkley. So we'll see. But the Bears, the, their schedule sets up well for them at the early. You know, unlike the Texans, they which have the nightmare schedule start the season, um, the, the Bears, now they're going to Atlanta, you know. So uh, we'll, we'll see. This is the kind of start of the year, though, Ryan, where you see teams miss the playoffs because they can't win those close games and have luck go against them. Uh, the Detroit Lions game is just ridiculous. Sorry, John Swift. That was just one of the worst plays ever. He didn't even yeah. need to turn around. He could have just fallen back to the end zone. But anyway, uh, it's one of those things where you look back, and if the Bears are 10-6 and six instead of 8-8, eight and eight, like that is a massive swing. Like That's then probably in the playoffs, especially in this year. That's saving Matt Nagy's job. Like These moments uh, at the end of the season don't get, I think, is put under the microscope when it comes to overall record. So, Ryan, it could be a good thing uh, that the Bears do better, but it could be a bad thing because then you still have Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, which isn't really working out all that great. Yeah, I, I think they're going to flame out. I, I think they're going to, you know, may, maybe they win in Atlanta, maybe they don't, and then they go downhill. But anyway, we'll, we'll see. I, I should be optimistic, but I'm, I'm not going to get fooled again. I went into last year drinking the Kool-Aid, thinking it was the Bears year. I'm not going to let that happen to myself. Um, so uh, we, we're getting into uh, the, the Fantasy Joe's uh, – Tweets of the week. I've, I've got a lot of them. This was supposed to be a segment where we just do one tweet, but it's hard just to do one tweet because there's so much compelling stuff to talk about. Um, so here's one from from Kane at, at W underscore Kane, our, our friend Kane Foss, who's been on the show before. Um, I, I wanted to talk about this with you, Will, because I love this. He tweeted this out. Um, the question was, which type of person do you dislike trading with most? So we've got the nickel and dimer. We've got the quote, the send me an offer guy. We've got Mr. Explanation, and then we have that player is off limits. So which of those types do you dislike training with most, Will? Uh, by far and away, it's send me an offer. It's Well, only when they've inquired about a player of yours. Uh, <laughs> like, hey, take your time and send me a price list of what you'd want for my players. And, you know, take your time and go through all this. And then at the very end of it, I was like, eh, not worth it. Those are all bad deals. Like that's where that's uh, the sent. The, we've talked about this, Ryan, for yeah. I feel like years of how uh, send me an offer. Just like it, it I just I, I hate it. In it's that context, them, it's, it's them trying to get you to send them an offer that 
doesn't meet their value of what the players you're sending them there or like that your value is lower than theirs is on the players you're sending. Like that's the end goal. Like if somebody says, send you an offer, send them a fourth round pick for Christian McCaffrey. Be like, well, you said, send you an offer. Uh, and you were interested in my fourth round pick or no, you know, or like whatever, you know, just, just go all out there. Like, Hey, uh, so you have Robbie Anderson. What do you want for him? Send me an offer. Send, send Robbie Anderson for Saquon Barkley or, you know, just, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like rubbing people the wrong way, but then again, you're doing a lot of stuff over chat. So really don't do that. Maybe be like, Hey, I'm not going to take the time to do that. Please. Right. If you're interested. You got to start this. Yeah. In that context, I'm totally with you. Um, I, I don't, I don't mind the nickel and dimer. It's, it's annoying, but I, I don't mind dealing with that, that type of person that Mr. Explanation. That's fine. If that person wants to explain away, I, I it doesn't bother me. I don't have to read it. Um, my, my, my favorite uh, explanations though are the ones where it's clearly a bad deal for you and you see them try to talk their way out of a box. <laughs> this has happened in the FSPC league that trade iron yeah. received offers where uh, it was, there was, it was, it was like a, like basically a first round pick for Michael Thomas. And there was like a paragraph written about why this is a good idea for, for this team. And it's just me owning that team. I was, but I read it and I was like, this is, this, 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 you know, nice try, <laughs> and, but this is so wrong. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's just kind of makes me roll my eyes and chuckle when, when you get those kind of, kind of things, but the, that player is off limits that, that does annoy me um, because it's fine in USA well, that's one of my most valuable players. It would take a lot to get that player, but just like, oh, that player's off limits. It's like, well, you know, I, I, I just don't understand that. Or at least give me a reason. Like if I'm trained with you and I'm like, I want George Kittle. And if you're like, well, that player is with, with off limits because he's a Hawkeye and I, I don't want to Hawkeye players. I, tr- I traded George Kittle. We're talking- right. No, but I'm just saying like, no, that's yeah, fine. No, if it. you give me a reason, that's fine. But just like, Oh no, that player's off limits. We can't talk about that player. That that annoys me a little bit. So. What would you do if you're in a dynasty league with somebody you've never really commu- like met in person, and you're you're like sending an offer, and they were like, "No, because I actually am Deshaun Watson playing in your fantasy league." That would be pretty awesome, <laughs> and, I, and I would also think I would worry about that person because I th- would think they're probably delusional. Because I mean, yeah, probably it's not actually Deshaun Watson, but like. <laughs> Just uh, that's why Deshaun Watson is off limits even during this downtime. <laughs> that's actually, and, yeah. That, that's but then you reply back. You'd be like, hey, Deshaun, you're really having a down season. Uh, you know, it's a good time to move you, especially this league. Maybe it'll motivate <laughs> you to play better. Anyway. Uh, all right. Let's let's uh, transition into some tweets about um, kind of the, the topic of the week, which is Saquon Barkley. And, and I think a lot of people in Dynasty are wondering, what do we do about Saquon if you're an owner um, is this a, a good or, or a horrible time to trade him? If, if you don't have Saquon, if you've never had him before and, and you, you want to have him on your team, you know, now could be a very opportune time to, to send some offers to the person that has Saquon on their team. I, I was looking at the, who has Saquon in my leagues in um, MFL will. And I have to say a lot of Joes have, have Saquon shares. You know, when I was looking, I'm like, okay, will has him. Trey has them. I have them. So the Joes, we, we got a lot of Saquon collectively between us. So, you know, what do we do? What do we do with them? Um, you know, and I actually, I bet Saquon could still bench press all three Joes. <laughs> well, that that's, that's not in doubt. Um, <laughs> so I, I pulled some tweets here. I pulled some tweets here about, and and then I went to the dynasty trade finder to see what, you know, what some other actual deals. So on Twitter, this was at fantasy life 
NYG. Trade alert, 12-team PPR, Superflex tight end. Uh, well, just move my one and only share of Saquon in Dynasty. I am a contender. What do y'all think? So it was a Saquon for, for Chubb. That was the deal. Saquon for Chubb. So, th- you know, that, that's a real-life offer. Twitter thought the Saquon deal was a little bit better, 54% to 46%. Uh, another tweet um, from Tom Corson at Dynasty Infidel. The first Saquon trade just went down in one of my million leagues. Team getting Saquon is rebuilding. Team trading him is on the cusp of being a contender. So it was Saquon for Aaron Jones and a 2021 second. So his question was, who went, you know, what's the better deal? Saquon, Aaron Jones, and a 2021 second, or both teams win? And the consensus, it was pretty much divided um, three ways on that. So, Will, what's your initial reaction to these trades? Is, is that enough for Saquon Barkley? Is that good? Is okay. that Beck Chubb or, or Aaron Jones in a 2021 second? This is the hard evaluation of your team. So if you are 2-0 and and you are, you know, because I am a contender, you've done this without Saquon's production already. His first two games were not good. You were not winning your weeks because of him. For me, if I'm, if I'm going to move Saquon away from that team, I got to wait a few weeks to see if I'm actually a contender because if, since he wasn't a factor in this, this win losses, I'm not willing to move his future asset for something like, I, I do feel like Aaron Jones is quite a bit unknown uh, for what his future will be in a second. I think I'm, I'm more like this wait and see, and let me, let me try to work it out a little bit better. Maybe move other players for like some older depth while still keeping Saquon. I think dumping Saquon, not, I shouldn't say dumping Saquon, but moving Saquon when you're a contender now is you're just you're generating so much more risk for yourself because tomorrow or on Sunday Chubb could tear his ACL. He's already had a horrific knee injury that he may not come back. Like that's always that's always there with any running back. So to mitigate some of that risk, my opinion is you've won two weeks without Saquon. Can you win two more weeks without Saquon? And then when you're four and zero or three and one, but you've been scoring very well, you've been playing very well, you feel good about the rest of your team. Make that move. Hey, well, what if you're does it like let's say you look at your league though and and you're like the highest scoring team in the league uh maybe you know maybe quite handily in that situation if you're without saquon you're, you're the best team in the league would you be more inclined to, to deal him sooner rather than later if you could uh, get so ryan i assume i assume you're talking about our dynasty darwinism and my team uh because i'm clearly the alpha uh in that one by by a whopping, you know, like 30 points, which is <laughs> all right. Everybody out there. But right. do, no, do, you, sorry, do you have Saquon in that? I think you do have Saquon in that league. Yeah. Right? So I, I'm just holding off. I, I think that, again, Ryan, it's if you're leading the league in points with Saquon on your team, he wasn't doing anything for you anyway. You need to let the rest of that roster, and you've been doing it without him, you can replace Saquon's production from the last two games, I think, relatively easily. So if he's not that, he isn't the key right now. That's why I think you wait and you play you play the way you can this way, or you know you're moving your your future seconds. Um, I wouldn't go first probably this early in the season, but to get an older player that can still have production for you now, like if you could move, let's say like create some sort of package to add like Ju- Julian Edelman to a team like that who had, could have a good spike in production and actually add equal value to what Saquon had the past two weeks pretty easily. And what do you think about that? 
So you're talking about just looking at other options to improve your team as opposed yeah, to I think so you should. I think you should hold off on selling yeah. Saquon to like the absolute last possible minute. Yeah, I, I, I think that's probably good advice because now listen, I, I, if you're a Saquon owner and you want to sell him and you think think you're going to get you know close to what you could have got a week ago, I, I think you're being a little bit naive because it's very clear that his value's gone down. That was not a clean um, ACL tear. Not that I'm a doctor but from what i've read you know when it when it's like when it's a clean tear it's it's easy to repair but we're looking at the meniscus he may have to have you know what are they gonna do with his, his meniscus so it, it could be complicated that surgery and then even when he comes back next year are, are, are they gonna have to is it gonna be less of a workhorse is there gonna be a compensation injury so i i think owners are are, are uh, you know should be a little bit nervous and about acquiring saquon because there's a little bit of risk that probably wasn't there a week ago right so um but but that said right I, there's I, a lot more risk than what there was a week yeah, ago a lot. okay okay <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm underselling it but but that said i i just feel like these deals like you know like like nick chubb especially with kareem hunt there and in, in cleveland i like man i want a lot more than nick chubb for and i love nick chubb but for saquon i i i want more than that you know i i i want more than aaron jones in a 2021 second some of the other deals we've seen i i from the, um, the, the okay, the, this is kind of in it. Well, so so Ryan, Ryan, so this is like any other dynasty trade. So now Saquon is at this point in time, assuming no further information comes out that his leg doesn't have to be like amputated or something. Saquon's value doesn't change right throughout the season. It's like that. It's like your first round rookie pick that can go down in value as you're having a better and better record potentially. But Saquon's should just stay the same because you're probably only going to hear reports because he's this supreme athlete. He recovered from the high ankle sprain, so his body is like amazing. Uh, I just don't, I don't see any rush to move him for another player that could have the exact same incident next week, and then your season, then your season and future is like double tanked. Why not? Why not? You know, risk a little bit wins and losses in the next couple, you know, couple few weeks, and then decide, you know, make that decision whether you're truly ready to go. I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. Um, if I hadn't said but, that right, I know I received now, myself, but, sorry. <laughs> Okay, so so the I guess the counter argument to that, uh, to to attempt to play devil's advocate, um, you know, when we we've had Jordan McNamara on the show many times, good friend of the Joes, and one of the things that that Jordan talked about, I'm not sure in the first analytics of dynasty or the second version, was that if you're if you're gonna make a trade, I could be butchering this, but the concept was if you're gonna make a trade, probably more advantageous to make it early as opposed to later, because you're gonna have that player on your team more like a you know at the deadline if you're making a trade you're not getting as, as much value out of that for the season because you know if you if you can get um other trades that we're seeing here that, that are real trades that went down josh jacobs for saquon barkley ezekiel zeke for saquon barkley if you could get zeke or or jacobs now and use them um that that might help you win a couple of weeks you wouldn't win thus you're more likely to get a buy that's not a yeah. chance one of the league. So that's the counter argument to hold. Well, and, and that's looking at your roster construction and what you have again was with the saying that Saquon didn't do anything to help you win these past two weeks. Right. Like, right. Like, like overall. So if you're, if the rest of your team has been good enough to be this good and competing, that's why I, that's, and I, I agree, Ryan, because that's a good point of like you pay for wins, like wins is all you want. That's, that's all you're focused on in fantasy football. So I agree with that. But if your team is good enough and you've been that high scoring team, why, why, why make the move like right away without seeing what else you can do? Right. So, 
But if you decide, let's just say you want to move them, you're worried that news may come out. Like, what if you what if there's a complication with the surgery? Let's just say you're you really want to win this league, or this is a league that you've you know you've been denied, or whatever. Like, you're just home league, and you just haven't won for a while. You just really want to win the league, Will. Yeah. Um, so you're very motivated to, to sell him. What, what, so let's say you, you just, you're motivated to sell. You're going to make a deal. You've just decided to do that. What do you want to get in return? What's like, what's the, like, you know, would, would you accept Nick, Nick Chubb? Do you, do you want to at least get Josh Jacobs or Zeke? What, what's your kind of like your minimum? Yeah. So the first thing I would do is I would immediately look at the, maybe not Clyde Edwards Hilaire because his just dynasty stock is too high, but the Jonathan Taylor owner. And if the rest of that team is bad, offering him Saquon, Maybe even put a little sugar on top of it if you have to, uh, to get like a player like Jonathan Taylor who has a rest of season very high value and then is also a dynasty trade. That's what I'd first be looking at. Same with Josh Jacobs. Uh, it's it's hard for me to say, Ryan, that I would trade Saquon straight up for Josh Jacobs, but I think that's the right move. That's you know it's it's it's, it's when I think about me doing it personally, it's hard to say I would just click accept. But I actually really like that. Josh Jacobs is a great player. And could, and could potentially go on to be, you know, what, top five RB. And if that leads you to a fantasy championship, that trade's easily worth it. So my, my cutoff, so let's say uh, Zeke, Kamara, Edwards Hilaire, Josh Jacobs, and these are in no particular order. Uh, Chubb, Chubb, is, Chubb is that, he's a really tough one. He's a really, really tough one. I mean, McCaffrey is probably out of that because you just put him ahead of that anyway. It's like that, that kind of like Derrick Henry – uh, you know, current production, Nick Chubb. I might, I might do it with for Nick Chubb, but if I need like another veteran on top of that that can help my team now. So, uh, Nick, Nick Chubb and John Brown. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For me, d- just to even think about it, it's got to be, you know, one of those names, you know, um, uh, yeah, looking at the Alvin Kamara, Zeke, Josh Jacobs, uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, CEH and that's probably the list for me um, to, to think about it doesn't mean I'm going to do it I think it is situation dependent for your team and and that type of thing so all right well well cool um, any other thoughts I think we've kind of kind of you know circled the you know circled this topic pretty well any other thoughts on on um, Saquon Barkley any other words of wisdom you want to share well yeah did I did I mention earlier that you know, maybe wait a little bit to move Saquon. No, <laughs> <laughs> I harped on it. I was so totally repeated myself. Uh, but if you have a good offer and it's one of those guys, I'm totally comfortable with taking it. Um, it's just, it just sucks. Yeah, it does suck. have to move Saquon. Cause again, like these, there's, there's just so little real heart. I mean, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the whole NFL, you know, encapsulated in, in something like this is you don't have a large enough sample size. Uh, you have a couple good examples and then some awful examples and you just don't know. Like it's, so that's what makes this very fun uh, because nobody really knows what Saquon will come back as. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hope he comes back next year as, as good as ever, but. What if but, it was like, what if it was Nick Chubb and Allen Robinson for Saquon? That's interesting to me. I mean, uh, that that's interesting. I, I think, I don't know. I, I would, that would get me, thinking and talking for sure because i think alan robinson <laughs> we're already thinking and talking yeah okay but you know what i mean like if i'm like trying to trying to make yeah because yeah. i think alan robinson has not started off the year so great and i think maybe some of that some of speculation in chicago is that the whole contract talk is kind of you know 
is distract him a little bit, but, but that's, that's probably just sports radio talk, honestly. Um, but, but I, I think that, um, you know, he's still the, you know, he's going to get the, the touchdowns are coming, you know, for, for, for Allen Robinson. So, so Ryan, last, last part of this trade with the Chubb talk, but what if it was Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt? So you are, you have either two starters for the rest of the season, you know, one in a flex and one in your RB spot, or you have the best handcuff potentially in the NFL. Yeah, that's, I, I guess. I, I Doesn't don't know. that make for, it hard though? Like, cause it, it, it does. And I, I think for me, it's, it's also, sometimes I, I think we get so emotionally attached to these guys and just that, that, that yeah. in our head, you know, it's, and it's hard. Yeah. I, th- I think if you're a sick one under, it's just hard to give them up no matter what. I just, I think it's really hard. So, um, but probably smart in, in some instances to do it. So. It was the play right after he hyperextended his elbow. It was just yeah. such a weird, such a weird series of events. Yeah. Poor Quan. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. All right. Well, let's 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 move on. Let let's get into everybody's favorite segment. It's hot bold spicy takes for week three. So you know that we have five levels that we assign these takes. That's banana pepper, jalapeno, habanero, ghost pepper, and the almighty Carolina Reaper. Um, last week we both threw out some Carolina Reaper takes and we did not hit on those. I said that the uh, uh, Cincinnati would, would uh, six point road dogs would, would go in and, and beat the Browns. Um, they, they did, they did cover, but Joe Burrow didn't quite break out like I wanted him to. He, he did throw for 300 plus passing yards, but he didn't have three passing three TDs and one rushing score. So um, that, that offensive line just killed that prediction. And, uh, and yeah, they didn't, they didn't beat the Browns. So, I went down in flames there. Um, Will? Comparatively, you you did not go down in flames. Well, you want to talk about your, your uh, hot space take? Remind listeners. No, I want to hear, I want to hear, you know, the, I want to hear what you have to say about it, Ryan. Go for it. Oh, I wasn't going to talk trash about it. I I, I liked the call. It was fun and bold. Uh, The Texans seven point home dogs would, would, would take down the mighty Baltimore Ravens. Well, Fuller would go for two TDs and we would lose our minds. Well, we lost our minds, but not because Will Fuller went for two TDs. We lost True. our minds because Will Fuller didn't do anything in that game. He had and... a carry, right? <laughs> oh, he did. I no did. yards. Oh, but dude. it was it, – oh, my goodness. Ryan, Ryan. I, 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 I thought it could be that, like, week two surprise game, and I didn't feel too bad about it until there was, like, that first Texans turnover, which was really early on, and I was like – I was like, oh no, this is, this is going to be a mess. <laughs> so you felt good until the, the first turnover, then you're like, oh, you I mean, basically when the game started, I felt bad. So, uh, but the Texans, the weird thing is, I still think the Texans could be like just such an annoying team to every other team trying to, you know, play for a playoff spot. You know, people who are actually competing later on the season and the Texans are out of it, they could still be that team that shows up and Deshaun is just on his game and beats you. Yeah, I mean, they'll keep playing hard, I think, for, for, for whatever reason, I, I do believe that. But, man, no, no um, you, you know, as we talked about, their schedule is brutal. they gotta, they got to go play Pittsburgh yeah, now. Somebody in the scheduling team hates, hates, hates the Texans. Yeah. So, so well, let's, let's get into our hot, bullet, spicy takes for week three. Why, why don't you, you want me to go first? You want to go first? I'll, I'll go first because it parlays into one of the letdowns is that Minnesota Vikings team – uh, both on offense and defense, Kirk, 
I mean, basically, the Vikings offense was never on red zone. And then if you went back and watched any other part of it, there was no, <laughs> no. point. <laughs> no, uh, no. <laughs> the only reason they would be on the red zone is if it was Blankenship kicking another field goal, which I streamed him as a kicker. Uh, and that was a fun day. But That's it's huge. Just kind of funny. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, and plus, I want Blankenship to be super good with, you know, he's got like that kind of fun look. He could be like the Gardner Minshew of kickers. But uh, anyway, uh, the the Vikings, I don't think, turn it around in one week. They're at home, but there's there's not going to be any, like, home field advantage. Uh, I'm going to go Derrick Henry instead of going full ham on the Jaguars like he used to in the past and just throw that massive game out. I'm saying he goes over 200 yards. I'm going to go just rushing, Ryan, against the Vikings this week in Minnesota. I don't want to add anything onto it because I get too excited and I do that. And it's okay if it's lower, but I think this is the one game where he's going to have that, that 85 yard plus run where he stiff arms a dude and just embarrasses him. Yeah. You know, it, it's, I, I, I can see him going for 250 in this game. So how bad is the Vikings? So but, 200, but 200 yards is, is pretty, is, is pretty, pretty hot. That's a lot of yardage. And, and honestly, if, if you know if they're rolling and are they gonna you know want to keep rolling them out there so i don't know i don't i don't how many how many times last year derrick henry go for 200 yards if he even did so um i are you gonna be disappointed if i give this habanero i don't care because i i just feel i just hope it's right yeah you hope it's right um but but i could see it coming i i yeah and i'm coming back down to earth um this week too although this is i think this is pretty bold I'm going to call this a Juju Smith-Schuster week in that um, Steelers-Texans game. I think Juju's going to have a huge week. I'm not saying that I don't think Deontay Johnson might very well be taken over as wide receiver one in Pittsburgh. I might have been wrong because I was was one of the naysayers with him, and I have to admit that um, he's looking like he is the the guy there, you know, more targets than Juju. But what I think is going to happen is I think that – the cornerback Bradley Roby is quietly been uh, playing well against wide receivers. So I think he's going to take Johnson out of the game and Juju is going to excel and he's going to be the guy. He's got 200 yards receiving for the Steelers <laughs> and lead the Steelers to victory over the poor Texans. So what do you think Juju 200 yards receiving? So our total score for the year is zero, zero Ryan, but this is clearly a uh, Carolina Reaper. You think so? Two hundred okay. yards receiving. That's that's just that's not even plausible when he was at his peak. To or not plausible, I should say, but like that's Carolina Reaper just in any one game. Yeah, I, I just think that I just feel like Juju is maybe I should have gone to like one fifteen two touchdowns or something like that. But um, I'll, I'll stick with it. You went two hundred yards. I like it. Two hundred yards on the ground. Two hundred yards in the air. The Joes are back, and, and we're we're gonna get on the board. Also, Vikings, please. If you get beat down in this game, if you compete and win this game, maybe try to squeak out the season. But if you get beat down by the Titans, tank. Just tank. Tank so hard. Take in the way that we can get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, whichever one, and then build that team back up, which I think could be possible. Even like with one or two years uh, with, with Cousins fulfilling his contract, that's like the perfect rest period. Or like one year. Like Kirk Cousins is a perfect transition quarterback to a guy like, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields because Kirk Cousins is athletic enough to like kind of have some of those plays in there. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is, is athletic and Justin Fields is uber athletic. So I don't know. Don't, don't you have some faith that the Vikings can turn it around though? No. I, I mean, no, 
they, yeah. they, their offense, you just don't play a game like that with no interest in, in yeah. finishing yeah, that's it. That's true. Yeah. No, it, you're... It, it was one of the, it, you know, as a fan, it was sad to see, but it also makes you happy because then you don't have to stress out because the Vikings are a stressful team to be a fan of in general, just with how that, you know, they, they're always going to, you're always in like the edge of your seat. You're not really confident that they're going to take away a game. Yeah, so they 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 are the bottom of the league in, in number of plays run on offense. Ninety one plays. Um, it, it's 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 pretty pathetic. Even the poor New York Jets have run one hundred and eleven plays. So they've yeah, and they, plays. they extended Zimmer. <laughs> they extended Zimmer in this off season, and I, I just feel like this was the one season where Zimmer needed to prove something. That you had your whole like you let like the management let the whole secondary go. Get all this transition. This is the year where you should prove something as a head coach, and it's bad. Um, yeah, but it's fun yeah. for fantasy because just play all your players against the Vikings, <laughs> and and they let Mo Ali Cox break out, so we'll call it a win. Yeah, yeah. I right. I want Mo Ali Cox to take over that tight end job and never let it go and have him be a thing. That like, right? This is what we do this podcast for is for players like Mo Ali Cox. You know, we need him to hit in, in just like fantasy life because then for years and years, we'll be chasing the next Mo Alley Cox and we'll do deep dives on players and we'll get really interested. And we're not just looking at draft capital. Like it makes it so much more fun when players like these perform well. So come on, come on, Mo. <laughs> uh, well, it's time for the two minute warning. Why, why don't you go first? I just want to end on that. I'm good to go. Okay. Um, I, I want to end on a, a little bit of a serious note. Um, I think if, if you're on Twitter, you probably know that um, over the weekend, uh, James the Brancatulis passed away. Um, he, he, he was a guy that, um, that, not that I knew him super well, but, but I did know him. He was in a, a, a local league here, so I got to meet him in person. Really funny guy, really nice guy. Always good to you know, talk to, to get fantasy advice and dynasty football advice. So, um, so he's going to be missed, and I, I just wanted to, to end the, the show by um, – just honoring James and his memory and, and, and just reminding our listeners to so don't take life for granted. I mean, you know, he wasn't very old. It was a, a sudden passing and, and you never know what's going to, going to, you know, come the next day. So, so just appreciate life. And, and I know a lot of us right now with living this, through this COVID-19 pandemic, life is hard for us. Um, you know, all, all the things going on in our country, um, it's it's tough, but 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 find the joy each day in your life and appreciate it because it's too easy to take life for granted. Um, and and another thing in the show notes, if you have a couple bucks, you could you could help his family out. I know they could use the support. Um, I'll, I'll put a link. So if if you got a couple of dollars, you can help his family. That would be that would be awesome. So um, on that note, um, we are the Fancy Joes. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at FF Joes. My Twitter handle is at Roto Librarian. Will's is at Fantasy Joe underscore Will. Uh, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Fantasy Joe's. Um, on behalf of Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joe's. <laughs>